Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. But running the boards is Joey D's Wednesday. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll say the rest of the things. I got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> on today's show, we will talk about how Nickelodeon is bringing back a children's show for adults. We've also got a very interesting note that He-Man's back and better than ever, quite possibly. And we may run down a list of the best villains from the X-Men ranked from the weakest to the strongest. Some of these are BS. I'm just going to tell you right now. <laughs> and, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, or the Odyssey app, Odyssey. BJ Geek Nation. Odyssey. You'll find us. And I do have to interrupt today's broadcast because I do have to play this. Uh-oh. What is that? Just listen. Uh-oh. Welcome to Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, it was this TikTok that Rev sent to me, and it's like... Uh, it's, it's showing it's, off a drawing of a very sexy gal, and then the top, when he goes, wah, it's just... It's Waluigi. Waluigi's yeah. face yeah, on a sexy favorite. body. <laughs> I know. I can tell it's your favorite yes. there. Wah. Shout out <laughs> to the SNL skit also, where Waluigi made an appearance. Did what? Waluigi see? I missed it, but Elon Musk was on, uh, uh, I think like a week and a half ago, he was on with uh, SNL, and I, I made it through almost all of the, the entire episode before I just was done with it, and then uh, I had completely forgotten that they had done a whole war skit. <laughs> Oreo's on trial. And so I need to go back and watch that. I totally forgot about that. That was did you see it? I did, yes. It's pretty funny. Uh he's he's on he's on trial and he's trying to portray that he's not evil Mario. Oh that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. That's awesome. It was it was kind of a weird episode, and I'm actually kind of sad that I missed that one since it's uh, such a, a hit in the geeky community on that one. Uh, now, I don't know if you guys remember this uh, this game show that was on Nickelodeon, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Oh, my God, Woo! yes. Okay. Yes, so, yes, yeah. yes. Well, apparently, it looks like Nickelodeon is going to be bringing it back, and it will be rebooted as an adult reality competition. <clears throat> so it's like Ninja Warrior meets Temple Run. Yes, basically, yeah. So it looks like, uh, according to Consequence.net, uh, the original Legends of the Hidden Temple ran for three seasons from 93 to 95, and you guys are just wee beebs, uh, on Nickelodeon, and it used Mayan iconography and a variety of challenges to turn its child competitors into a cross between Indiana Jones and Link from the Zelda franchise. Uh, each episode had a different theme built around the main artifact of the week, which ranged from historical items, such as the electrified key of Benjamin Franklin, to the stuff of legend, including the broken wing of Icarus. Ooh. 
Now, it looks like the revival is being produced by Stone and Company Entertainment and Nickelodeon, and it will return uh, It will return the Talking Totem Olmec, as well as the original team names such as the Purple Parrots, the Blue Barracudas, the Orange Iguanas, the Red Jaguars, the si- Jaguars? 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 I don't know. Silver Snakes and the Green Monkeys. Green Monkeys were my favorite. Green Monkeys! Uh, but apparently now the adult contestants will face new challenges as they attempt to return the artifacts to their rightful owners. Uh, rather than filming in Universal Studios Florida, the contestants will be placed in a quote-unquote mysterious jungle with bigger prizes to compensate for the increased level of difficulty. So, some people work out for their 10-year reunion. I didn't really do that. Some people work out for their wedding. I'm not married. Some people, like, lose weight and they, like, become really buff and athletic for a numerous amount of reasons. This is my reason now. This is yours. This is your American Ninja Warrior yes. sort of thing. This is my wedding. Like, this is what I'm doing. I must be on this show. This is what I've been dreaming of since I was a little kid. I always wanted to be on that show, but I never knew who would be my teammate because I'm like, I don't trust my brother to do this. But he's a runner. Well, at the time, he wasn't. I I could still catch him. Oh, okay. And beat him up. Like, now it's the other way around. But my brother would be an excellent teammate. Yeah, he really would be. Joe, do you remember the show? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was with you on the Green Monkeys. Nice. Yes. I would do this competition and fail miserably. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I just feel that this is this is not my life when it comes down to it, because uh, if it was, like, maybe, like, the old school Nick Arcade, now just VR style, I think that would be cool. I did love Legends of the Hidden Temple, don't get me wrong, but it's the same thing as, like, with, like, a Double Dare. The physical challenges, I'm not physical. Like, I'm just not. So you stick me in an actual jungle at this point, whatever the hell they're trying to do. You'll get eaten alive by mosquitoes. Yeah, and I'll get sunburnt, and I'll cry, and I'll complain, and nobody wants that. Yeah, you know, you'd be on the show having a great time until you realize some guy like Jace Momoa shows up, and you're like, I am (laughs) not that athletic. I'm out. That's when I realize, like, oh, I'm here for the comedy relief, aren't I? Yes. Yes, you are. Uh, no time frame has been set for the show's release. But I have time to work out. Yes, but when it arrives, it also will face some competition because Disney Plus has unveiled their own Legends of the Temple-inspired type game. Okay. Of course, what does Disney own? Star Wars. The oh. Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge will be the one on that. I will be on either. Yeah. I am cool with this. But like, I, I mean, I would rather Legends of the Hidden Temple because that is childhood right there absolutely i'm trying to think of like any of those other shows that i'd love to see them reboot i know they did bring back double dare um, i just want to get slimed is that every 90s kid nickelodeon loving child's dream like that i, I think I've always so, wanted yeah. to be slimed with the green slimes i wanted to see what it felt like and tasted like tasted oh. well it gets in their mouth sometimes so you know it has to not be toxic well yeah i think it was oh man i want to remember like i think that uh, somebody released and talked about it. Uh, what the green slime was originally for, um, uh, for Double Dare, because they needed it to be something that wasn't like wouldn't go bad because of the hot lights of the studio. Mm-hmm. Oh. It would kind of bake it. So I think they maybe started with like oatmeal or applesauce, and that really didn't work out because, Mm-mm. yeah. Oh, hot applesauce sounds terrible. And then you're just getting doused with it, and it's green, and it gets everywhere. And you're losing, right, when you get slimed normally? Um, yeah, or it's a lot of the times with Double Dare, it was it was just part of the challenge. So you'd have to like wade through it, or it would be like a, a spigot or something going through. But even with like the new Nickelodeon like award shows and stuff, usually sliming is an accomplishment. Yes. Uh, ah. They'll get you surprised every once in a while. But uh yeah. 
Um, so it looks like it was originally Jello. Ooh. Because that's one of the things they said. If it's going to be going to people's like kids' mouth, it needs to be sweet. Like it needs to taste good. Mm-hmm. It can't just taste like you know rubber cement or whatever. Uh, so it was Jello. They changed it, and then it became oatmeal because it could stir up oatmeal up cold and instantly in the amount they required. Oh, so you didn't have cold, to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, cold so they, oatmeal. Yeah. So they would mix in food coloring. Um, however, the blend became pasty as it dried, and the actors could not get the paste out of their hair. So then uh, came drops of baby shampoo were added to the combination to stop uh, and a stopping tape after the sliming so the actors could rush in and get the slime out of their hair before it dried. So it's just like all these different things they've had to add. Like they've added, uh, they changed with vegetable oil and cottage cheese, sometimes being uh, some of the ingredients mentioned. Oh, man. But applesauce, like you said, vanilla pudding with green food coloring. Mm, vanilla pudding. I do love vanilla pudding. pudding. Yeah, but if it's been like in the stuff and I I just I found uh, Vox.com put out like some of the uh, information about it. And it's like, why was it invented? It actually came out originally and you can't do that on television, okay. which was essentially a sketch comedy show for kids in the 80s. And it was uh, in Canada originally. And then was ported over for uh, Nickelodeon. I remember that one. Um, and then apparently during one skit set in a dungeon, the gag was that an unruly kid wasn't allowed to pull a mysterious chain. And then the crew had planned to dump a fresh bucket of slop on the kid, but delays in the filming pushed the filming back a week. So the contents of the bucket fermented into the thick green slime. Oh. And then so they just dumped those leftovers out. And that's how slime was born. And apparently it smelled horrifying, which is why they changed it to things that, you know, if it gets in your mouth, it might not make you sick. Smart move. Yeah, Mm. exactly. Uh, But I do remember that because it started off, it would be like the chain, but then it just came down to, you would say certain words and you'd either get doused with like slime or water. And it'd be like, I don't know, or something like that. And it's just like sploosh. And it was so funny. It was so hilarious. God, I don't want to get slimed. I do. (laughs) Sorry, Billy. (laughs) I want to go on Double Dare too. Oh really? One. That was the other one. That one in like they had like an Amer like a what was it the Gladiator show or American Gladiators? They had a kid version of that, and I forget what it's called, like Ice or something. Guts. Or, gut, was it Guts? Because I, I know Guts had the Agro Crag, which was the giant mountain that they had to race up. Yeah, that was that like the, been it. yeah that was like the last challenge. Um, and then before that, it would be different challenges. But that one was cool too because um, kids aren't going to have the same athleticism as uh, adults at that point. So they usually had yeah. them like stuck to like uh, uh, bungee cords, yes. so they could like jump and like score baskets and have to jump back and forth uh, to get like the basketballs and do all of that. Well, that and if they fall, you know, you got the yeah, yeah, cord. yeah. It was yeah, a lot was safer for that. Three different colors. It was the blue, the purple, and the the red. You had to climb up the mountain. If you win, you got a piece of the mountain, and it looked like this big piece of ice glass thing. Yeah, yeah. It looks super cool. So Uh, Vicky's... Nostalgia, uh, man. Yeah, Vicky's hitting the nostalgia train right now on that. But speaking of nostalgia, this is hitting mine big because I don't know how big of fans you guys were about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It was an 80s cartoon Mm -hmm. that was basically made to sell toys. Like, I mean, most of the 80s cartoons were Transformers, all that stuff. Um, It was even made into a movie with Dolph Lundgren (laughs) as He-Man. And... I don't know how it holds up, but I have a feeling that, I mean... Courtney Cox was in it? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... You know what? To be perfectly honest, the effects were pretty good for the time because they still relied heavily on practical effects, and it was basically all of the bad guys got transported to, like, New York or something ridiculous. So they're all running around. So you see, like, Evil Lynn or Skeletor and uh, interacting with normal people. Fighting in New York as He-Man. Yeah, 
with just people and, like, running lightning around. shooting off and all this other and stuff. And it's like the 80s style lightning oh, and effects. So it's yeah. like the Ghostbusters effects, I guess, mm-hmm. is how you could best describe it. I'm looking at some of the pictures. Oh, this is fantastic. Yes. Well, nearly four decades later, the power returns. Kevin Smith is backing this, actually, and I think he's writing for it, but he was definitely instrumental in bringing it back. Uh, bringing the Masters of the Universe from uh, content to toys and other consumer products. So, you know, hey, just like the 80s. We want to make sure and hit all of it. So you watch the cartoons, you're going to want to buy all the stuff. Uh, Created as a love letter to the fans who grew up with the franchise, produced by Mattel Television and premiering globally July 23rd on Netflix, Masters of the Universe Revelation will feature the continuation of the classic storyline, the evolution of fan favorite characters, and an updated look and an all-star cast. And seriously, like, this cast is good. Uh, First starting off, Mark Hamill will be Skeletor. Of course. What? Yes. Ah, I am so in for that. And uh, Lena Headey will be Evil Lynn, which is uh, his uh, uh, Skeletor's cohort. Uh, Lena Headey, uh, we know from... Spooky Wife is what I'm going to call her. Yes, Spooky Wife. And she was in Game of Thrones, right? Yes. Yeah, she was the, uh, that one... Cersei. Yeah, couldn't remember her name because I forgot mostly about Game of Thrones. As we all did. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller will be Tila. Uh, Steven Root, which you may remember as Milton from The Office. I mean, he's done so many other things, but that's an iconic one as well. He will be Cringer, which is hilarious because that's the cat's name before he turns into Battle Cat. So I don't know if Cringer's going to talk or if it's going to be something along the lines of South Park when they had um, uh, George Clooney be Sparky. Oh, yeah. And he, all he did was that. barked. Bark. <laughs> bark, bark. Orko is coming back. I don't know the guy who's doing that, but Henry Rollins is going to be Triclops. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer, who was the original Skeletor, will be Moss Man. Nice. All of these different names. Jason Mewes is going to be Stinkor. Of course. Stinkor was one of my favorite action figures of all time because Stinkor was a skunk man. And <laughs> of course. Obviously, right? And the action figure itself actually smelled bad. They infused it with patchouli. And if you know anything about patchouli, patchouli is horrifying. Patchouli is gross. It's nasty. And I found this out that if you stuck the action figure in the freezer, it would make it smell worse. You would think it would kill the smell. It did not whatsoever. Also, it kind of made it transfer to the freezer and then the smell never got away, and uh, my mom maybe hated me for that. Uh, probably did. Justin Long's going to be Roboto. Tony Todd, which you might know from the Candyman stuff, uh, he is going to be Scareglow. There's a whole bunch. I mean, most of these guys are kind of like, what the hell is going on with these names? Uh, if you kind of think about Scareglow, Scarecrow, you're going to see the puns when it comes down to it. They weren't really necessarily... Um, uh, original mm. with a lot of those names. It's okay. We we forgive you, 80s. He-Man. And then Batman himself, Kevin Conroy as Merman. Can you guess what Merman is? A mermaid. Uh, no, he's a merman. Oh. See, because merman. <laughs> merman. Oh. oh. Merman. Aquaman. <laughs> he is almost Aquaman. <laughs> um, but yes, you can go to uh, Twitter. If you just look up Masters Official, you get all the information. They put out some of the pictures for it. Skeletor looks badass. He-Man, um, well, he's got gigantic muscles, like even more so than before. Uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see uh, how all of that works because 
in the original cartoons, he was Prince Adam, and then he turned into He-Man, and there wasn't necessarily a difference. Like, it was way more than just the Clark Kent Superman sort of thing. It was like, the guy's just not wearing his battle stuff, and he's wearing more than a loincloth, and you guys are just like, okay, yeah, he's totally a wimp. Uh, not the He-Man that we know. Um, but now it looks like uh, when he's Prince Adam, he's actually a little bit smaller, a little mm-hmm. daintier. They're trying to actually put a little realism when it comes down to it, as much as you can for an animated thing. Can I take it back to 90s nostalgia? Okay, yeah. So when you're talking about Stinkor, it totally gave me a weird flashback to the, of something that I had to go look up to make sure it wasn't just a fever dream. Oh, okay. Do you guys remember, you know, all that and Kablam? All, I remember no. all that because that was that was essentially was like Keenan Thompson. Yeah, it's yeah, basically it was SNL for teenagers or kids. Yeah. Well, that and Kablam had Kablam was one of those shows that had a bunch of like sketch comedy, but they're mostly cartoons. Okay. So you had multiple different shows within an episode, and one of the shows that was a regular was a show called Action League Now. Do you guys remember that? No. So Action League now was basically a spoof off the, off of the superhero tropes. So you had like the Flesh, which is like I think the supposed flesh. to be He Man. Oh so yeah. This is like Robot Chicken before Robot Chicken. Oh yeah. And, and the, but wow. their mouths didn't move; they were just toys. Somebody was playing with these toys, <laughs> just you know, without hands involved. And Flesh was like this big bodybuilder toy with that was never clothed. Then you had Thunder Girl, which was a mixture, I'm guessing, of Storm and Wonder Woman. Yeah. And Supergirl, I guess. Uh, Stinky Diver is what made me think Stinky of that. Stinky Diver. Because he was a uh, like he was a diver and he had like an Australianish accent, but he was always stinky because he was diving in toilets. Stinky oh. Diver. And then Makes sense. Yeah, it was like figure. The Flash, Thunder Girl, Stinky Diver, and Meltman with the power to melt. And that's all he did, and he was useless. <laughs> melt himself, or <laughs> yeah, he just melts. And so it was basically Awkward. you would always just see him melting, like somebody was uh, taking a uh, what are they called? Uh, uh, magnifying glass. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. just melting him. But when you said Stinkor, it made me think of Stinky Diver and Meltman. <laughs> I'm like this. This was this a fever dream? Uh, I, no, this was real. So if you wow. guys are able to find these old episodes, they're ridiculous. That sounds amazing. You're welcome. All the nostalgia today. Uh, well, also in nostalgia, we need to talk a little bit about comic books since it oh, is Wednesday. Wah. But it's also comic book day for a lot of your local uh, comic book stores. So go uh, go check out your pull boxes if you got them and pick up your uh, comic books. Uh, I found this on Comic Book Resources, and it's the 25 X-Men villains ranked from weakest to strongest. Okay. Yeah. X-Men villains. And just comics? Uh, yeah, it looks like this is just comics. Comic books on this one. Okay, strongest. Let's see if I know. Uh, Mister okay. Sinister. Mister Sinister. First off, very good call on that one because uh, Sinister is one of my favorite um, baddies. He hasn't really show made a real appearance yet in any movie yet. Correct. He has not. They've there... been alluded to him. But... Yeah, exactly. There have been like Essex Corporation stuff. So mm-hmm. whenever you see that, that's Mister Sinister. He ranks in in the top ten at number eight. He is the ultimate genetic meddler of the X corner of the Marvel universe. He began as a biologist in 1850, and he was kind of superpowered by uh, Apocalypse. And so he has really done a lot of crazy things, including creating a clone of Jean Grey and Madeline mm-hmm. Pryor. And he is one of those instrumental baddies that has been having to deal with or has been d- kind of screwing with uh, Scott Summers, with Cable, with uh, Jean Grey and all of that stuff, especially in like the Age of Apocalypse things. 
Hmm, okay, I'm trying to think. Do you guys want to guess more? Because I kind of want to just run down my list in my head. I'm yeah, like, do it, do it. Yeah, ones? what do you got? Uh, Magneto definitely has to be up there. Oh, I, you know what? I'm, I don't know if he's going to be number one. I don't think he's going to be number one, but he's up there. He has to be. Uh, actually, he is number one. Okay, oh. cool. Which, I mean, because it makes sense. He's the biggest ex-villain there. There's such a, 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 a love-hate... Um, it's a very complicated relationship. It's not yeah, just that we're, that we're going to destroy the world. It's we're going to destroy the world, but it, you're going to be conflicted about it because there is that connection between Xavier and Magneto. Absolutely. Uh, the other one I was going to think was Apocalypse. Uh, yeah, Apocalypse ended up at number three. Okay. Um, which was interesting because I would figure him as maybe uh, a, a number two to uh, uh, Magneto, mm-hmm. just because of Magneto is so iconic. Apocalypse is as well. They put a number two at this, which was kind of interesting because mm-hmm. it was a '90s villain that I don't think either of you guys are gonna get. Were they mostly the X-Men, or did they fight with other people, too? Uh, This was mostly the X-Men. They did fight with everyone because this was a huge, massive cross event um, that it did involve Charles Xavier and Magneto. Was it like a Galactus or something? No, it was Onslaught. Oh, I don't know that one. No, Onslaught was, he was kind of weird because he was first created in uh, 1993, and it was after Wolverine was nearly killed by Magneto, uh. Xavier's rage caused him to shut down all uh, his own his old friend's mind. During that time, Magneto's own rage and desire to get revenge entered Xavier's mind and awakened his all of his dormant negative feelings, and the result of all of these, so the combination of all this psychic energy created Onslaught. Basically, he was a huge Dragon Ball Z fusion, and uh, nobody really liked him that much, and it was it was just kind of a big plot point to kind of make a big super bad that everybody could fight in the 90s. Everything so, had to be extreme in the 90s. So what, what is the, uh, the uh, what's the word? Dang it, why can't I think of words today? I don't know. Uh, the moral of the story. If you have a lot of anger bottled up, go to therapy. No, that's Otherwise, a good call. crap like this will happen. Yeah, it took Reed <laughs> and Sue's son, Franklin Richards, creating enti- an entire parallel universe and dumping the Fantastic Four and the Avengers in it just to keep them from dying. And uh, Onslaught is very one of the most dang- basically one of the biggest, most dangerous characters the X-Men have ever had to mm-hmm. face. And uh, hasn't been back because, well, you don't really necessarily need that back either. Okay, so next one I'm going to say Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, number six. Nice. Good call. And yeah, convoluted thing that the movies are never going to get right, I don't think. I don't, they need to just wait a good 10, at least 10 years, then you can start again. Yeah. Give us a little time to cleanse that from our palates. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that really kind of pissed me off about this is the first entry into this at number 25 was Pyro. I felt Pyro was a lot better, but they were just like, Pyro seems like one of the coolest villains ever when you were a child. And I'm like, that's just rude. Fire is still cool. I like fire. See, it's it's funny because like uh, you think of Pyro from the second X Men movie and the third X Men movie, which we don't we don't count really. It's just, eh. uh, but I mean, he was kind of okay, like the way they interpreted him. And then the other version of Pyro that I've really had or gotten to know would be from X Men Evolution. He was just like an Australian dude who liked fire, and he was part of the Brotherhood. Oh uh, yeah. So he always just felt too side character for yeah. him to really be considered a top villain. Yeah. At I least just, in my head, in my experience. I just thought he was cool. Fire's cool. I mean, he's cool, but like, uh, top uh, villain. Uh. 24, 23, uh, still in the Brotherhood group would be uh, Toad and Blob. Oh, Basically, God. yes, yeah, nobody really likes Toad at all. Nope. And then Blob, it was just like, well, I mean, he boasts a number of superpowers, including superhuman strength, but his biggest advantage is his blubbery skin. It was just basically, he puts up a significant threat, but most of the times, it, again, another side sort of character so around in the mid to late 2000s i didn't have a whole lot of money because i was a teenager Mm -hmm. so i would go to the library like once a week especially in the summer and i would get all the comic books they had 
and I would get any, like I had a lot of teen books too. I'd be that kid that would read like a book a night, oh, like a whole nice. book, uh, no, a whole night. Uh, my ADHD makes that very hard for me to do now, but that's beside the point. Anywho, I ended up reading a bunch of random issues of random different X-Men variations, including one like it was the Exiles and they yeah. had all these different versions and it was still X-Men and the Mutants and a lot of the times they were still the X-Men, but there was a, you know, it was in the future. And some of these were so bad. I remember, you know, <laughs> 10, 15 years later, I still remember how awful they were. And there was one character or one series where they kept introducing new characters to the team and they would die off in a couple pages. I'm like, why do you keep doing <laughs> Keep your characters or just kill off the team because this isn't going well for you. Um, but there was a character they introduced and he was called Fat, P-H-A-T. Nice. And so he had a similar power to Blob, except... He could manipulate his 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 fat. Oh, so he was normally like a skinny guy, skateboard and whatever, and then he go. The only problem was, spoiler alert, is that <laughs> he ends up in a battle when he was this huge, like massive thing, and he ends up dying. So they had to get multiple like forklifts or cranes oh, and everything geez. because when he died, he died huge. So they couldn't just awkward. They had to bury him all awkwardly. But no. that is like a weird thing that stuck in my mind. Like if you're gonna have the big blubbery powers, how cool would it be if you can just manipulate your <laughs> right? physicality like that. Uh, going through the top 10 list, and you oh, can just check oh, this out on oh. CBR. Oh, Sabretooth. Sabretooth. I know he's more of a Wolverine villain, but... He made it at number 13. Okay. And that's really basically why, yeah, too. Mm-hmm. That's just basically, it would just, that would be on that. Uh, number Legion? Th- Legion. I don't know if he's on this list, just because I don't know if he's necessarily a villain. Because he wasn't, like, he... he yeah, Legion <laughs> is not on this list. Okay, because he was technically Xavier's son, but he does go a little cuckoo in some of the comics, more cuckoo than others i don't know yeah uh number 10 was strife who was okay. uh someone who was uh basically a, a clone of cable sent to the future he was going to be basically apocalypse's new body um but unfortunately couldn't do it so he was discarded so he got really mad he had some cool armor though oh his stuff looked really cool uh number nine was vulcan Gabriel Summers, another part of the uh, uh, Summers uh, family, is part of the child. He posed a major threat to the X-Men for years after he managed to survive an attack by Krakoa and reawaken after Scarlet Witch shut off the powers of most of the existing mutants. Like I said, Mr. Sinister, Cassandra Nova. Uh, she was her. a parasitic life form born on an astral plane. She attempted to take control ah, of Xavier's bitch. body, <laughs> but even in the womb, Xavier was more than powerful enough to defeat her. Awkward. Uh, <laughs> Dark Phoenix was number six. Proteus was number five. Another song, uh, son of longtime ally to Xavier, Moria McTaggart. Uh, Kevin McTaggart first mm-hmm. appeared in X-Men 125. And uh, he was born with the unfortunate condition of constantly being in need of energy. And oh. all, yeah, so basically he would just be sustained by this one energy. And then uh, he quickly escaped and started hopping from body to body, possessing people for their energy and burning them out. Damn. Bastion is number four. Uh, he was essentially a strange fusion of Master Mold and Nimrod, two other really kind of strange dudes. He was an android that essentially is the ultimate invention for wiping out the mutant race. Uh, Apocalypse number three, like I said, Onslaught number two, and Magneto number one. I would love to hear everybody else's thoughts on what their favorite villain is, whether or not it made it on the list. Ooh, mm. where's Mystique on this list? Mystique was, I think, number 13. That- no, that was, you said 13 with Sabretooth. You're right. Uh, 14? It okay, was 12, like 14, that. or 13. It was like one okay, of those ones on that one. Okay, she still needs to be she, high up in the top 15. Yeah, I felt that she's very dangerous. I felt that, like, in the movie, she was done a disservice, but it was the third movie where she died, so. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. The one thing, I the real, 
it was tricky because I love Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. and I think she does really great portrayals of characters. However, how can I say this without getting bleeped out? Mystique is a very, <laughs> very bad word. She is. It starts with the letter C. That is who she is. She is just in it for herself. And she like she'll have moments where she might care about other people, but it's usually to benefit herself. In the comics, she was willing to kill her newborn son, Nightcrawler, because he ruined her life. Basically, mm-hmm. she's no longer wealthy and she's getting run out of like this town. Like she was, like, I think, the wife of a duke or something like she does not care. And so Jennifer Lawrence is just too nice and too likable to be ever made truly a villain. Yeah. So I think they need to, if they're going to ever redo Mystique, they need to pick somebody who can be a bad word that starts with C. <laughs> okay. Lena Hetty. Oh, there you go. Like, don't get me wrong. She seems like one of the sweetest people on earth, but she can play a bad bitch. You're right. You're absolutely right oh, on I that. Oh, I got to fan cast this now. Okay, there you go. Well, while you work on that, actually, wait. Hold that because right now we need to get to the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got? So. I haven't played either of these games in a very, very, very long time, but apparently people are freaking out about them. Oh, really? What? And I'm not talking about a video game. I'm not talking about a board game. I'm talking about a card game. Technically, two different card games, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, okay. What What's going on with them? I'm guessing you didn't really, but did you play Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh, Joe? I played both for a little while. Yes, and and magic was your, your bread and butter. That was my but, jam. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But we were kids of the 90s, so Pokemon and then Yu-Gi-Oh were really big. And oh, I was, absolutely. I love Pokemon, but I also did like Yu-Gi-Oh, and I would watch the show every day. It's one of those, like, you think because it's so abundant, it's never going to be like the first edition of Superman, like ever. You never think it's going to be expensive. So you mm-hmm. really don't save anything. That being said, apparently they're getting harder and harder to buy in store. Oh, yeah. Cause I mean, both games are still going strong right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I feel like just kind of like the collector fever. I remember mm-hmm. it in the 90s. I mean, we're talking about something that was in the 90s at that time, but also with like comic books. Like people were just kind of going crazy, scooping up everything as quickly as possible. Right. So this whole thing started be- uh, online when various vendors uploaded letters they received from box chains like Walmart. And it was uh, here, like, users like Super Freak and Mario on Reddit shared that some stores are starting to phase out in-store sales because of all the scalping issues. Yeah. I mean, you see that a lot of the times uh, with us in our industry, like with concert tickets mm-hmm. or something like that, because the bots will go in there and buy stuff or, like, any sort of thing going on that has any online element to it. Um, but when you're going into the physical stores, mm-hmm. I still remember that I had a buddy who would go to the Toys R Us the morning of if it was like a new Lego shipment. Mm. And they would go and he wanted literally just to get one for himself. And it was always hard to get. But then you get to the people who want to resell them on right. third market uh, places and it suddenly turns into, uh, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's capitalism. It's people right. wanting to make, a, make money, turn a profit on something that is a very high demand. So apparently the trading card categories have been removed from the sales floor and sales of these items have been suspended due to inappropriate customer behavior and increased demand, which is what one Walmart notice reads. Please do not stock these items until further direction for management has been given. And if you think this is an overreaction, it isn't because Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh cards are skyrocketing in value. And what blew my mind, I recently, I don't know why I was looking this up, but do you remember the first Pokemon movie? 
Uh, yeah, that was that the one with Mewtwo? Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. Mew I do and, remember that one. Mew and Mewtwo, and it was really exciting when you're a kid of the 90s, you're going to the theater with your folks, and they were doing a limited, not limited edition, but if you bought a ticket to Pokemon, they gave you a Mew card, and it was yeah. a holographic, it was shiny, but everyone and their mother had one, literally. Like, I, to, I was to the point where I told my dad, I'm like, I'm gonna buy my ticket, because I wanna make sure I get a card, too. Like, I thought if it was just one per full purchase, uh-huh. but it was literally one per ticket. Ah, so everyone, my dad yeah, got a new, new card. <laughs> so it was like a throwaway card. It's like the cards you get in like cereal boxes, right? Mm-hmm, you would think. But I'm looking like as of right now, oh, if no. you go to Google, like oh no, anywhere between fifty bucks. I've seen some for like a hundred and twenty dollars. This one, it's like in a case or whatever. Like I guess not probably touched. like a yeah perfect ten grade or like a nine five grade or something right. like that. Uh, it says it's over three hundred and fifty dollars. Three hundred. I'm like what? Wow. I mean, I got this at the movie theater for free. Joe and I really know a lot about that too, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in the world of magic. Uh, I remember selling certain magic cards for, you know, five bucks so I could go to Denny's because Mm. like these cards are never going to go up in price. Yeah, food always sounded a lot better than a magic card. Right. And then all of a sudden those cards now are going for upwards of over $100 easily, sometimes Mm -hmm. $500 to $1,000 and yeah, that was when I learned not to uh, do anything with those magic cards. If I weren't, if I wasn't playing with them, I'm going to store them. Right, and so apparently because of the pandemic, it has restricted restricted the production of new decks. So people are shelling out a lot of money for the secondhand cards, and I hear. The pandemic has really brought out a lot of value for things that were old. Mm-hmm. For example, I heard the same thing with cars, like your old cars, like because I think there's a shortage in like chips or whatever. And I'm not talking about chocolate chips or potato chips. It's like the microchips. Like the microchips that go into the computer. So apparently your old cars are gaining value right now. It's pretty crazy. So because they don't have them. Okay. Wow. All right. So because of social media, collectors are complaining and all this. Apparently some of them have taken extreme measures, including there was one vendor interaction where a woman was trying to stock the shelves and I guess they had like a unique vendor who's the delivery lady. And people were harassing her and to the point where someone tried to steal her truck. Whoa. Yeah. Jeez. So. There's no, there's, the Pokemon cards aren't in her truck, man. Like, yeah. I mean, like at that point she's delivered them. Like maybe yeah. it's like Fast and Furious. Instead of going for cool, awesome things. I mean, they're cool and awesome, but I mean. Pokemon cards. Could you imagine like seeing like Vin Diesel or some of those action people jumping on the hood of a a, a rolling a semi trying to steal Pokemon cards? So I think uh, today <laughs> what I'm going to do because I don't know whatever happened to my Pokemon cards. I think I just kind of grew out of actually collecting them, and so I think I either gave them to my brother or I know I had one deck I had built and that got I left it behind and someone took it. Oh. And I came back. I'm like, Mom, we have to go back. And only like my stuffed animal I had was there. The Pokemon cards were long gone. Oh, yeah. I know um, that too. So but, is Joe. But I did, <laughs> oh, yeah. I did have a collection at some point. I don't know what happened to it. So I'm going to go bu- bug my brother today. Yes. Be like, where is your collection? What did you do with it? Because he's still, I don't want to say obsessed, but he's still pretty much into the lore of Pokemon to the point where I'm like, hey. So, Pidgey, at what level does he evolve and what level does he learn? He still this? remembers all that he stuff? He remembers all of it. Wow. I, I can't say anything about the newer ones, but probably up into the second generation. See, now at this point, I mean, I feel like uh, he's going to 
He's going to be like, he's going to be in the know if you're just like, hey, where'd all those Pokemon cards go? So I think you might have to uh, at least cut him in on the deal with that. No, it'd definitely be for him. Be like, dude, buy your own house. Get out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But it just blows my mind. So if you do have any Pokemon cards, I mean, be safe about it, but look into it. You might have something there. Especially if you got kids going to college, you need a new car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that reminds me of the 90s when people were buying Beanie Babies and Pokemon cards and comic books thinking that, oh, these will do nothing but go up in value. But right now, a lot of that stuff really actually is. Well, I know. It's like for a long time. It's like, this is worth nothing. Now and now, yeah. time to hit up those thrift stores, man. You never know what they got. <laughs> well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.